Hello and welcome to this talk from Hersham Baptist Church. My name is Heather and today it is Pentecost Sunday and I'm so excited by the message that I have to preach to you today. A message of power and excitement and the beginning of something new. To help me with this talk today, I have brought along a few props. So I have got with me a torch, I have got a PlayStation remote controller, a TV remote, an electric toothbrush and a drill. Now, why, you may be thinking, have I got these items with me? Well, they're all items I found around my house. Most of these items are really useful to me and my family, but occasionally they can feel totally useless. Why would that be? It's because they all require something really important to make them any use at all. Power. They all use batteries. This is the battery pack for this drill. It's a really, really big battery. And this battery is the power source for this drill. Without the power, it is totally useless. My children often tell me the great irritation when they are playing on the PlayStation and suddenly the character or the vehicle that they're using on the TV screen suddenly freezes because the power has run out on their remote control. It's so annoying. Power is important. And there must be few people who understood this better than Jesus's early disciples at the beginning of the book of Acts our Bible passage for today. Now, it wasn't battery power that they realised the need for, but an entirely different kind of power. Let's start, though, with a recap of where we're at in the story of Jesus and his followers. Pentecost comes 50 days after Easter, when Jesus rose rose from the dead, and it follows a little while after Jesus has ascended back to heaven, having spent some time with his disciples. Now, this time must have been such a roller coaster ride of emotions for Jesus' followers. The exhilaration of following Jesus at close hand, listening to him teach, demonstrating God's power through miracles. Then the bewilderment of his arrest and unjust trial. How could this happen? Why wasn't he arguing back? Then the incomprehension and seemingly crushing defeat as their Lord and Saviour was crucified on the cross and died. How could this happen? He was meant to be the Son of God. Maybe he wasn't after all. Then the grief that must have followed in those next couple of days, grieving the loss of their friend, disappointment, and the might, and then Following that, the mind-blowing news that Jesus had risen from the dead. He had conquered death after all. He really was the promised Messiah, the Son of God. And finally, what must have been a really intimate time for the disciples with Jesus as they spent time with him after he'd risen from the dead. And Jesus talked with them and he opened the scriptures to them more and more. And then one day, poof, just like that, He's gone again back to heaven and not before he had dropped on them the bombshell that he was leaving them the huge task of telling everyone everywhere across the whole earth about him. That's enough to leave anyone's head in a spin. 
And how on earth did Jesus expect these simple fishermen, many of them, to tell people in every nation of the world about him? For a start, they had the local government to contend with. They'd just seen their leader, Jesus himself, crucified for what he had taught. How are they going to tell people in their own town about Jesus, let alone the rest of the world? They would need some mighty power, some incredible miracle to make any of this happen. And that's where we are picking up the story today at Pentecost. It's the day when Jesus poured out the Holy Spirit on his followers. It's the day the power arrived, enabling them to carry out the mission Jesus had set them to tell people across the world about himself. It marks the birth of the church. And today we're going to think about what this means for us. So before we do, our lunchtime summary for today is this. Power up. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to fill us with power to follow him and to fulfil his mission on earth. Receive the power. As we unpack this subject together, we're going to look at three things. Firstly, Jesus tells us we need the Holy Spirit. Secondly, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, we need to receive the Holy Spirit so that we can be empowered to follow Jesus and to carry on the mission he has left his church to do. So, firstly, Jesus tells us we need the Holy Spirit. Before Jesus ascended back to heaven, he left his disciples some very clear instructions. We read these first in Luke chapter 24, verses 46 to 49. This is what Jesus said. This is what was written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name in all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And then Luke gives us a little more detail in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says that Jesus says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, Jesus has died, he's risen again, he's ascended back to heaven, and the disciples have been told that they're going to be Jesus' witnesses not just in their own region, but to the very ends of the earth. That's a pretty daunting mission. Don't forget, many of these were simple fishermen. They weren't trained in public speaking. They weren't men of influence. They probably barely travelled to the equivalent of the county boundary, let alone to the ends of the earth. In fact, their knowledge of the vastness of the earth was probably pretty sketchy. They had no cars, no planes, no internet. How on earth did Jesus expect them to fulfil this kind of mission? Of course, Jesus is one step ahead of his disciples. He knows full well the extent of the task he's left them and that they stand no hope of carrying out this kind of mission on their own. And he never intended them to. Note Jesus's words. Wait in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. In other words, don't even think about beginning this mission without the power because it won't work. It's like trying to use my drill to make a hole in the wall 
with a flat battery pack. I'd be fighting a losing battle. So that's our first point. Jesus knows that his disciples, that we need the Holy Spirit. So what does he do about it? Well, that's our second point. Jesus sends the Holy Spirit. True to his promise, Jesus doesn't leave it long before he sends the promised power. I'm not sure whether the the disciples had any clue what to expect, really. What was power from on high supposed to look like? Would they know it when it arrived? Let's read what happened in Acts chapter 2. I'll miss out some of the verses as it's quite a long chapter. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire resting on each one's head. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one had heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each one of us hears them in our own native language? Amazed and perplexed, they asked each other, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children and for all who are afar off, 
for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And then in the rest of this chapter and throughout the book of Acts, we see how the church began to grow and the disciples performed incredible miracles in the power of the Holy Spirit. And more are added to their number as the disciples preach with increasing authority and boldness. And so people believed in Jesus. You see, the power was necessary for the mission. All of the items I showed you from my house have a different kind of power supply in all different shapes and sizes. They all require different power. But the power source, the batteries, are perfectly suited to each one. And the Holy Spirit is Jesus's power source for his disciples to tell other people the good news about him. The life-changing, groundbreaking news that God himself has come to earth as the man Jesus to die for us, taking upon himself the punishment for all the mess in our lives, which has separated us from our heavenly father for so long, so that through his own sacrifice, we can be restored to him, destined to live in heaven with him, a perfect eternity, free from sickness and viruses and pain and death, just as he always intended. This news, this mission needs an incredible power source. And Jesus responded by sending the Holy Spirit. And it worked. 3,000 people responded on that first day. Such was the boldness and authority with which they were suddenly able to speak and declare the gospel. Let alone the clearly supernatural ability they suddenly displayed to speak in many different languages. In a moment, suddenly equipped to preach the gospel to those from every nation under heaven so that people could hear the message in their own language. Praise God that Jesus sent the power. Without it, I wonder whether this ramshackle bunch of followers who had already had a roller coaster of a ride would have even made it past the city walls. But Jesus fulfilled his promise and Jesus' followers were faithful to the mission they were called to and received the power he gave with world-changing consequences. Which leads to our final point. We need need to receive the Holy Spirit so that we will be empowered to be Jesus' disciples here on earth and to follow him and to continue that same mission. If I have my drill and I have a battery, but I never put the battery in the drill, it will never work in the way it's meant to. Even though the power is available, if I never receive it and put it into the drill, it will be powerless as a tool. It's the same with the Holy Spirit. Many of us may well be very familiar with the message of Pentecost. Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit and then the Holy Spirit came. But what do we do with that information? Let's remind ourselves what it said in Acts 2. It said, repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children 
and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. The message is the same today as it was 2,000 years ago, and so is the promise. Each one of us needs to repent and be baptised in the name of Jesus so that our sins may be forgiven and we receive the promise of eternal life in heaven with God. If you've never responded to that message before, then let today be the day. Hear the message that has been preached billions of times throughout the centuries and respond. And then receive the gift of the Holy Spirit because the promise is for you and for everyone who God calls. Receive the power to help you live differently, the way God intended, and to continue his mission to tell others that incredible news about Jesus. And the promise of the Holy Spirit wasn't just for the disciples who were present on that very first Pentecost. The promise is and has been for every believer who has ever lived since. And the promise remains because it is still absolutely crucial if we are to be able to follow Jesus in a world which still wants to crucify those who believe in him. In the West, we don't feel that hostility quite so much, so it's hard sometimes for us to imagine. But there are Christians right now being persecuted for the simple fact that they believe in Jesus. How on earth could they maintain their faith without the power of the Holy Spirit? They can't, and they didn't. And that's why there are now over 2 billion Christians in the world. That's a third of the world's population. Because decade after decade, century after century, followers of Jesus have received the power of the Holy Spirit to equip them for the mission Jesus left his church 2,000 years ago. And you know what I find the most incredible thing? These verses were brought to my attention just a couple of weeks ago in Acts chapter 10, verses 36 to 38. This is Peter, one of Jesus's disciples, telling a man called Cornelius about Jesus. He says, you know the message that God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. And it's this passage that strikes me so profoundly. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power And then he went around doing all the amazing things he did because God was with him. Even Jesus, God made man, didn't attempt ministry on the earth without first being anointed with the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the power. Without the Holy Spirit, the power is missing. The Holy Spirit is the power of God. Without him, it's like me trying to use my drill without the battery. I am going to get nowhere. But when I put the battery in, see, nowhere without it. Suddenly, I can break through walls. 
Friends, I don't know how many times I've heard this message, and yet I know that I still struggle to receive the power so often. I can be so stubborn and self-sufficient sometimes, and I think to myself, I know you, Jesus. I can read the Bible. I can see how you've taught me to live and the mission that you've given me to carry on for you as part of the church. I can do that. I can follow you. I can tell other people about you. Oh no, I can't. I have fallen down so many times trying to live as Jesus taught in my own strength, not looking to the Holy Spirit for the power, but setting off too fast in my own strength, setting off without my battery. Or thinking I could tell a friend about Jesus and then freezing with a mixture of embarrassment or fear when it comes to it. Jesus knows how weak we are, and there's no shame in that, because it's when we realise our own weakness that we will allow God to be our strength. When we will ask the Holy Spirit to fill us with God's power, and that's when things really take off. When I first started to follow Jesus. I got myself in a real mess, trying to stop two decades worth of sinful habits on my own. I couldn't do it, and then I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I asked the Holy Spirit to fill me. I received that promise, and I received, therefore, the power. When that happened, something changed. Now, no tongues of fire settled on my head, but I found a new hunger for God's word. A power and a discipline to say no to sin, a delight in God that I hadn't experienced before, and a desire to tell other people about Him. That doesn't mean I never struggle now. I absolutely do, because letting the Holy Spirit fill us and be the power in us is a daily choice. I need to say, God, I choose to do it Your way. And in your strength today, I have to keep allowing my battery to be recharged so that the power doesn't go out. Friends, we need to receive the Holy Spirit and to keep on receiving and letting Him fill us up each day with God's power. It's an incredible promise. Let's not miss it. So finally, I just want to finish with a few points of application. I'd like to encourage each of you to take some time after this talk, just to sit quietly, to pray, to ask God to minister to you, for Him to show you what He's wanting to reveal to you today. If this is all completely new to you, if you've never responded to the message Jesus came to preach and fulfil, then repent and believe today. Don't leave it another day. And then, as soon as we can get together to dunk you in some water, be baptized, join that church. And if you believe in Jesus, if you have decided to follow Him but have never received His promised necessary power of the Holy Spirit, then receive Him today. Jesus is ready and wanting to fill you with the Holy Spirit, to empower you to walk after Him, and to empower you in mission. He never intended you to run this race without that promised power, so don't struggle on any longer. And finally, for those of us who maybe have been following Jesus for a while, who have been filled with the Holy Spirit in the past, who have known something of His power working in and through us before, but maybe feel a little dry, 
a little weak right now, perhaps you're struggling with life in lockdown, remember that promise of power. Receive it afresh today. Keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Perhaps there's a particular situation you need strength for. Bring that to God now and receive all that he has to give you. Amen. Please stay with us as we sing a couple of songs in response and then do take that time to sit and be still and to pray in response to this message.